When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Inside Track, brought to you exclusively by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine. I am your host and publisher, Greg Tutmiler. I am speaking today with John and Judy Rodman from Nashville, Tennessee. Judy is an award-winning recording artist, stage and television performer, producer, and songwriter. John, her husband, is a classical percussionist, a touring drummer, and a session drummer for one of the world's largest jingle companies. Thank you, guys. Nice to talk to you. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Thank you. Welcome to yourself. Thank We're you. glad to be with you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Great. And you know what, John? I forgot to ask you, um, who is the jingle company? Can you say that? Well, they don't exist anymore, okay. but it was the uh, it was the William B. Tanner Company in, okay. uh, in Memphis that... Uh, I think at one time they probably were producing well over sixty percent of uh, of uh, like local radio station sure. IDs and, okay. and jingles. Oh, that's cool. Okay. He he made his money in small market, but yeah. he did a lot of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Kept us busy. Yeah. Okay. Well, both of you have gathered a a, a nice list of career credentials. Um, I, I I wondered if you could take me back a little bit to the beginning and. Um, tell me how you guys got started, how you ended up getting together, and, and bring me up a bit to, to where we are today with your career. Well, we were both doing music before we met, but we met when I think I was, I was 19 and, uh, uh, in Memphis when I, had, when I moved to Memphis. Uh, John was playing in the, in the Memphis Symphony, and he was also playing in a jazz quartet, and they decided they needed a a couple of chick singers, so I became one of those. Okay. We really, it was that we were all, uh, uh, John and I were doing jingles in Memphis, okay. and uh, even in, at that young age, and we just wanted to play full songs. <laughs> so right. there was a top. We formed a top forty band with uh, friends, and and we met that way in both live and studio. So that's why this thing that we're doing now is such full circle, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and both of you originally from that part of Tennessee, Nashville, Memphis. Area? Uh, well, I'm I'm originally from Memphis. I was born and raised there, uh, and lived there until we moved to Nashville in 1980. Okay. Uh, I'll let Judy tell you her story because she was a an Air Force uh, brat. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> okay. no, I I was raised everywhere. My my folks, uh, my fam, my parents were both from rural Mississippi. Uh, but I was raised from, born in Riverside, California, and raised from, you know, Miami to Memphis to Alaska, uh, Jacksonville, all kinds of places. But, uh, it, you know, actually Nashville has been my home for longer than any, uh, than I've ever actually lived anywhere. Okay. So I'm kind of from everywhere, but yet I'm really from Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I was in Memphis long enough to get a husband and a, a son. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> h- hanging out with Elvis down there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you probably get tired of those comments, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I tell you what, I, I actually gained a real love for the blues uh, there, and uh, it, you know, just it, it was really fun to be in 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 Memphis during the time where there was a lot of organic music, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just a lot of live music. This was right before disco happened, and so it was, you know, you just would had these incredible players that would come through Memphis and fit in, and it, it, all kinds of, you know, styles uh, that uh, that you can sample and all that. So our Top 40 group, we, we kind of did that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hold on a minute. Hold oh, on okay. a minute. What? She missed. She mentioned disco. Yes. <laughs> Guess who sang background on Disco Duck? Oh, <laughs> oh no, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> we had no idea that sucker was going to be the hit that it was. That came out of the blue. <laughs> I actually, I actually went with a background group too to the Billboard convention for it, and it was a zoo. Wow. But yeah, sure did. Brit bees. Wow. Okay. And so was that was that part of. Being involved with the with the session musicians is that how that yeah okay yeah we we did the jingle work but we also did the club work and also did some record work in Memphis too so we we were doing all three wow wow that's cool <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't see that in your in your credit sheet here though <laughs> no it wasn't in there. <laughs> She Thanks, shouldn't John. have mentioned. She shouldn't have mentioned the word disco. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Although it seems to be creeping back into the top forty music today. So, <laughs> so maybe you'll I get to go on it. tour with Rick Dees again. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, yeah. Well, I, I saw in in the um, in the information sheet that that you sent that um, Roberta Flack um, and Bill Withers were, were on. The charts when you guys started making music, mm-hmm. and, and if I if I read that correctly, there was a period of time where you kind of felt like you had reached the end of that career, or that stage sure. of your career. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I went on and had uh, a career as a, a an artist with MTM Records, and had some hits and all that. But John quit playing. I quit touring and, and really singing much live and really focused on songwriting. Mm-hmm. And we, this this thing is new after, I mean, John, John will tell you, but he quit playing for a long, long time. Okay. And then we just decided one day, we we just weren't done, you know? Yeah. We, we had some other music to make. So when you quit playing, where did that take you? Into blue-collar life, or, or were you still kind of around the music scene? Well, I, uh, you know, when Judy had her uh, her MTM record deal, uh, I had actually gotten out of playing, but I went back out on the road for a year uh, with her, and uh, uh, but I I didn't uh, I really didn't enjoy the music that I was having to do here in town. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just I I wasn't enjoying. It. I mm-hmm. think I would have enjoyed being out on the road more, and plus we had a son that was. Uh, getting in the 10 to teens age mm-hmm. and uh and i just uh i just kind of put it away for a while okay. and i think the last time i was in the studio was in 1991 or thereabouts uh, and i was enjoying doing other stuff uh uh did a lot of bass fishing <laughs> 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 and uh, and got involved in that and some and in boats and uh but we were listening to uh <laughs> Excuse me. We're watching 
James Taylor reunion with Carol King at mm -hmm. the Troubadour mm -hmm. a few years ago, and uh, we just kind of that's what sparked it. You know, let's mm -hmm. let's do something. Mm -hmm. Let's let's play again. I mean, you know, Judy was not looking to to record anymore. You know, she was doing the production. She was doing the teaching, you know, the songwriting. And uh, I kind of wanted to find out if I could still play. Yeah. Uh, it took me a while. I mean, it was still in my head, but as far as getting you back in my in my arms and legs, it took a while. But yeah. uh, it got there, yeah. and, and uh, probably playing better now than I ever did because I was able to simplify a lot of stuff. Sure. Okay. Cool. Well, I, I, I want to – I've got some questions about that, and I want to step back just a bit. And, Judy, have you tell me a little bit about the MTM days and, and what MTM, that was like. yeah. Well, Tommy West, who had produced produced Jim Croce mm -hmm. and and people, he was he was in town producing at Bruce, and I was singing a lot of the backgrounds in town, uh, doing session work in Nashville mm -hmm. after we moved to Nashville in 1980. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I just got Tommy has always been into songwriters, so I'd been writing a little bit, you know, and and so I took him aside and played him a couple of demos that I'd done, and he liked him. So he, long story short, he joined up with Alan, Alan Bernard, who used to manage, who was it, Andy, Andy Williams or somebody? Mm -hmm. uh, and then Howard Stark used to be the head of ABC Records in New York. Okay. And, and the three of them decided they had some proving to do yet because, it, you know, people thought they were over too. Mm -hmm. So they got together and formed the label MTM Records, okay. and I was the I was the flagship. I was the first uh, artist that they signed, and you know had my number one and and several top tens, and and for and three or four years later, it it just disappeared as fast as it came. Mm. Uh, they they just pulled up stakes. The the main company, Mary Tyler Moore Enterprises, MTM Enterprises, out in L.A., just decided they didn't. You know they sold to BMG, which is a German company, I think, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. was the story, and they decided they didn't want to do a record deal at the time, a record label. Okay. So we just disappeared. And then, uh, as the music business is, you know, the, the changes I've seen in the business have just been unbelievably yeah. radical yeah. and crazy. And riding that particular horse has been an interesting process. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, that, that since the, you know, that, that fell through, and then the next wave came came over you know we were the first indie label to do anything really significant as mm -hmm. far as an indie label goes mm -hmm. we kind of set the set the bar there and then you had you know faith hill and and all and some other people that took off and and uh, i didn't have anywhere to go so i had just focused on songwriting at that point and mm -hmm. then changed uh and folk and had some hits there you know the the leon rhymes cut and mm -hmm. then uh, that fell by the wayside a bit so I was asked by a friend of mine Carol Chase uh, about uh, singing the note uh, that she was having trouble with on the road she was on the road with Leonard Skinner and so you know it, it made me think well I wonder if I know more than I think I do about the voice yeah so I started teaching and then I found out I was really good at diagnosing okay uh, the problems and anyway, long story short, I've become, for about almost 20 years, I've been a vocal coach, and uh, that's what I've been focusing on, that and producing others. But in the mentoring process of producing others, and then John's spark coming too, it's just, we just 
it's so wonderful to come to this point in time where we feel like we can take the, all of our past and our love of music and freshly make new stuff. So we started writing, and before you know it, you know, we've got seven songs, and we just decided to go record them, and they've been getting wonderful feedback. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, I I, I really enjoy them. I, I, it's, it's neat to see people... Um, this this label of Americana creates such a nice big umbrella. It's it's neat to it see people be able to come from different walks of of music and into it and bring uh, just a slightly different twist, different flavor to the sound and come mm-hmm. up with something that's just a little bit different than than somebody what somebody else is doing and, and almost create your own genre within within the umbrella. Um, and I, I kind of hear that with with what you guys have done. There's a, it's Americana, but I, I, I hear that that hint of Memphis blues kind of sneaking in, kind of mm-hmm. as an undertone through all of it. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's that's really great. That's that's kind of who we are, I think. Yeah. And, yeah. And we we have so much. I mean, John was trained classically and was actually composed classical uh, pieces and and things that, and. We love R&B, we love pop, we love uh, really good country, we love grooves, we love melodies. We just wanted to create great music, and that's so cool that you just said that, that we, we just kind of want to create our own genre, sure. like not have any rules. Yeah. And that's what we did, and we had no idea if anybody other than us would, would like it. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. So what? So the 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 record itself is called "We Are Here." Is that right? Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, been out for how long? Oh, we just released it uh, March twenty fourth. Okay. March twenty fourth, two thousand fifteen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Super. And where are you finding the the audience fit? What have you had a chance to to present that out what what are you looking uh, what venues are you looking to to um to be in with this music you know we are wanting to play i do have a day job my 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 work with other artists is important to me my vocal training and production but john and i really would like to play very special shows it doesn't matter the size. We can do it just the two of us. We can do it with full band, sax and vocals and everything. Mm-hmm. We can do it in many different you know, configurations, but we want to make every time we go out an event. Because mm-hmm. we've been there. We've been in the van. We've been uh, in the bus and gone down the road and played everywhere. You know, But what we want to do at this stage in our life is is make the music available, which people like you are helping us do, mm-hmm. you know, and findable. But the other thing is then play it in, in in situations where both the audience really, it's a memorable event, memorable event, and John and I, it's a memorable event, event for us as well. So sure. it'll be different Americana sort of like stages. Mm-hmm. Uh, pr- listening rooms, we'd love to, to uh, perform in uh, performance arts center kind of things or... Uh, just you know, places where people really listen, mm-hmm. and not not bars, not not necessarily people. You know, we're not dance music. Sure. We're we are not disco art. <laughs> we're no, we're not disco. <laughs> we're kind of our bass player will have more fun. Yeah, yeah. 
Is that is that is that right, John? Am I speaking for yeah. both of us? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, main the main part is uh, uh, kind of an intimate setting uh, where the people are really listening to the material. Mm-hmm. And, and and these are. Can, go ahead. And you know where we've got a you know a, a personal connection with the the people. Yeah. Okay. And these are original songs, right? Oh yeah. Okay. And tell me a little bit about the influence for the songs themselves as as you were putting the songs together for this particular album. Well, if, uh, I don't know how you could group it under one umbrella. Um, uh, some of the songs were just kind of uh, came out of the air off of a drum beat that I was playing that Judy said I want to write something to that. Okay, or, great. Uh, the first song on on the uh, CD is. Uh, uh, a song that actually our son gave us the groove for, and uh, and we just added to it, and and then uh, the one song on there that uh, that I think is probably Judy's favorite, uh, "When the Day Is Over," mm-hmm. uh, in terms of a, of a slow bluesy kind of thing. I like that one. Yeah, uh, that was that was an idea I had. I had I came up with the drum beat on it before anything else. <laughs> Excuse me, mm-hmm. but I wanted the idea of a song that went back to before the internet and tablets and, and uh, uh, iPhones and, and people spending all their time in social media, where you actually, at the end of the day, you sat on the porch uh, with the family, kind of just yeah. letting it's you know letting the day just pass along mm-hmm. like it ought to mm-hmm. and. Uh, in the in the presence of your family or friends and and uh, just sharing that time, uh, so that's that kind of thing happened there. And Judy's probably got some ideas well, on the other stuff. Some, uh, Still breathing was something was the only song John and I didn't write. Okay, I wrote that with a girl in New York named uh, Cassandra Kubinski, mm-hmm. and uh, John's always always loved it because uh, it's kind of dramatic and and we got to. Play. We got to play the, you know, a bit more of a big, cinematic, dramatic sort of song, which is interesting. Uh, but anyway, it's about survival and mm. being grateful to find out that you've survived a hard time. Mm-hmm. I found out that I really I like writing deeper songs and fun songs. Mm-hmm. But the deeper the songs about the dark, songs about you know hard things. It's become my opinion that we should. At least I I want to do. That's something I want to do is to write them into the light. Mm, mm, okay. So that's that's the way. That's where we, John and I are in our lives. You know, mm-hmm. everybody has hard times in their lives and rotten things to go through, but there is a way. You know, to for everything to somehow be pulled into the light. Mm-hmm. You know, and and the power that that can help us do that to kind of reach out for that. Mm-hmm. So. We uh, we wrote that about that, and then the last song is the instrumental, of course. And mm-hmm. John wanted to when we found when uh, we decided who we wanted to play these sessions, he wanted to do an instrumental to feature them because they're so incredible. So we came up with this structure, you know, the chord structure and so sort of a, this basic structure mm-hmm. instrumental, and then we just let them we just let them do their thing. Mm, okay. And it was John's idea to put that little, the little speaking thing at the end, mm-hmm. so we'll, mm-hmm. the people listen to it all the way to the end. And you know what's so funny is we're finding that a lot of people, including country DJs, 
really love that instrumental. Hmm. Besides the That's rest good. of the song. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's been uh, falling on some uh, good ears. Yeah. Okay. So when you guys do a, a an event, a set, multi-set evening out somewhere. Outside of the songs that you're featuring on this album, what other are you, are you playing? Is the rest of the evening original material? Or are you doing some cover songs? What type of other things are you including into that? We don't really want to do covers uh, mm-hmm. because, you know, I, I do some of my MTM hits. Okay. And then some other fun stuff that I, uh, this is the first time John and I have written together, but I've got hundreds of songs in several catalogs. And some of them John likes a lot. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pull some of those out. Okay. But if this thing keeps going and, and, and you know, gets successful and all that, like, it, it, feel, it feels very good the way this, it's launching. But yeah. we, we, then we'll write some more. Okay. But we want to do original stuff that we both love. I mean, sure. that's why we're doing it again. Okay. Well, that's great. Safe. And, and they, uh, listeners can find your music where? They can find it at www.johnandjudyrodman.com. And with an A-N-D, John and Judy Rodman, R-O-D-M-A-N.com. And it's uh, distributed, you know, through the typical channels, iTunes, CD Baby, and everywhere else. So they can just find all that there yeah. at our website or just buy a physical CD right there. Okay. Well, you know, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys. I I really enjoy the CD, and I wish you guys the best of luck. And and uh, thank you for allowing us to get a chance to talk together. Well, thank you. Yeah, our pleasure. Thank you for getting it out there. You're welcome. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Inside Track. We sure do appreciate you sticking around. Join us again real soon when we get together with another great artist and talking about their music. Have a great day. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years' experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Long Shots Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.